Welcome to the Proceedings Podcast. We are recording this episode from the Nugget, the famous Nugget Casino and uh, Convention Center. This is Tailhook 2023. It's great to be back in Reno. And uh, my guest today is uh, Commander Kristen Dragon, call sign Dragon Finley. Yes, sir. Right? You just changed your name. Just yes, got married. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, Commander Finley is the CEO of VFA-122, the uh, West Coast Fleet Replacement Squadron for Super Hornets. So she's an F-18 pilot, and she's also the president of the Tailhook Association. Yes, sir. So congrats on Hook 23. Thank you. Uh, I know that there's been a ton of work to get to this point, and so far it looks like you got a full, you know, floor space. A lot, lot, the crowd is starting to build here. It's Thursday. Friday is always the busiest day. Yes, sir. But mm-hmm. things are going pretty well. So anyway, great. Thanks for, for being on the show. Absolutely. And for stopping by. And uh, so let's just start uh, with uh, with Hook 23 because the uh, it's, it's been 20 years since uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yes, and so the theme for this year's show is 20 years uh, OIF looking back. So what are some things that in terms of panelists and uh, conversations and speakers that you've got looking at OIF, lessons learned, et cetera. Yeah, we're uh, kind of excited about it this year because we have two panels and they're going to build off of each other. At least that's the, the plan. So this afternoon, uh, we're going to kick off and Admiral Gortney uh, is going to be our moderator. He, and he's taking a group of people that were all junior officers when OIF kicked up. And so we're trying to get their perspective and more of a tactical level discussion of okay. what it took kind of at the ground level to... Um, perform in country uh, right when things kicked off. And then on uh, the following day, on Friday, we are going to have Roy Rogers is going to be our moderator, and he has more of a senior perspective. So when we're starting on the tactical level today, we'll move to a more strategic level tomorrow with the people that were in leadership roles at that time and did all the planning and execution for uh, OIF. So it should be a really cool... transition between Good. both of those Yeah, models. I look forward to it. Now, um, I want to ask you, the being president of Tailhook, sounds like one of those all pay and, I mean, all work and no pay jobs, right? So how, how do you get, is it like being voted mess treasurer when you're out of the room? They're like, yeah, let's Let's uh, elect Dragon as the president of, uh, of Taylor. How's it work? I think they were joking because I missed the board meeting that they were like, Drags, do you want to be a president? But no, it's a, it's a ton of fun. I love doing it. It's a great way to stay involved in the organization and, and give back. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be on the board of directors for the last couple of years uh, and work through all the panels and the work with the sponsors and industry. So it's been really cool that the amount of people I've gotten to meet just being on the board. Uh, and now in the president role, I'm uh, the face of the active duty membership. So uh, it's you know, we have a lot of, lot, obviously a lot of active duty members, and then we have retired and uh, some civilian there as well. So it's my job to be the, the face of the active duty side of the house, and then I also get to put together the panels and decide what we're going to talk about. So it's a lot of fun this year. Instead of just hitting next slide on PowerPoint, I'll at least get to talk to people and uh, get to shake more hands and be out front more than I have in the past. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good time. Nice. And, uh, and how's... How's the association doing? Are you growing members? Are you, like, you know, what's going on with uh, what's exciting about Tailhook these days? I think it's always exciting to see the fact that as much things have changed, things haven't changed. So you still see the excitement and the enthusiasm from the junior officers. Uh, I know everybody's excited to, to see the people that 
you know, built our foundation. This year, we're also celebrating the 50th year. The POWs came back from Vietnam, so we have a panel uh, with some of those guys on it as well and to hear their stories. And it's just such a unique opportunity to bring uh, our history and our future together in one place. And we love that about Hook. Uh, the, the floor, as you can see, is sold out. Um, I think we sold out all the rooms that we had set aside uh, for both Nugget, GSR, and I think we have a third hotel in the area as well. So it's, it's, we're doing great. Uh, it's a full show. Yes, sir. That's great. That's really great. So uh, you graduated from the Naval Academy in uh, 2003. So you're at the 20-year mark. Will you be coming back for a reunion this fall? Uh, I would love to. It's in a couple of weeks. And unfortunately, between uh, everything that's been going on and squadron things, yeah. uh, I'm not going to make it back. But one of these years, I guess I'll have to wait another decade. So 2003, you graduated from the Naval Academy. You head off to flight school. You go through the FRS. What year did you join your first fleet squadron? Let's see, I think 2007 is okay. when I finally, I took the short bus through the RAG, uh, so good all my RAG instructors who had to have a little extra work with me. Uh, I like to say that that extra work paid dividends in the end, so uh, yeah, I hit the Vigis, 151 was my, my first squadron, so, and then been in Lemoore for most of my career after that, so, and it's one cool thing about OAF for me this year is that was the first operation that I was involved in, so it's kind of, we do a lot of, you know, future and history this for me is more um you know personal for, yeah. for something that but i you, was actually you at. lived it yeah yes, yeah so 2007 if you were deployed for oif at that time that's about the time of the surge that's the time you know fallujah all the, i mean it was it was pretty rough time on the ground in iraq at that time so what kinds of missions did you fly uh for oif we were uh, we went back out in 08, so we they were starting to turn down by the time we went out there. I was on the on the Lincoln, and we were still doing close air support at that time. So my first employment was uh, in Iraq, and get troops in contact and dropping uh, JDM uh, in country right off the bat as a nugget. So I think I was the first one in my squadron to get a drop a bomb, and everybody was super upset that the new kid got to do it uh, before anybody else did. So it was quite the uh, learning experience and jumped in the deep end real fast. Did you fly uh, OEF, uh, Enduring Freedom Missions, as well, Afghanistan? I did. We did. Uh, that cruise was unique in that we did half of OAF and then went over and did OEF right after. So we did a half and half. And then uh, my third cruise was just primarily OEF, kind of as we were starting to withdraw, and then I was at the front of when we started uh, OIR afterwards, too, so I went back to Iraq a couple of years later to work the ISIS problem. Ah, okay, ISIS in uh, Syria, and, uh, yes, so it's like 2014 or so? Yes, okay, sir. got it, got it. All right, so uh, a lot of people, uh, particularly proceedings readers, will know from a year ago, we had an article in the September issue, it was called uh, Flight of the Phoenix, right? And it, and it highlighted the fact that you that you guys flew in Top Gun Maverick, right? Yes, and so you had uh, Monica Barbaro in your back seat. Yes, sir. So what was that like? She is awesome. And she is uh, not only a phenomenal actress, but she's an, an amazing person. And we had a ton of fun together uh, in the aircraft. So we, we would get in the jet, get ready to go. We knew what we were going to do for that flight. We'd spend the whole time catching up on the taxi, get airborne, run through what we needed to, and then have fun catching up uh, on the taxi back to uh, to the hangar afterwards. But she was so great in what she did because you know we know how to fly the airplane, but they're the professionals on how we had to get the shots and uh, what we had to do. So it was fun watching them do their craft, and the cast did such a phenomenal job of really trying to maintain 
team the trueness to naval aviation and capture what it was like to be in a ready room and uh, in a squadron with people, and I think they did a phenomenal job. So the, the filming for that, 2018, 2019, when were you filming those scenes? I think it was 17, 18, probably maybe 18, I believe. Got it. It's been a couple and, years and you were stationed, you were on the staff at Strike Crew, also known as Nautic. Yes, sir. Na uh, Naval Air Warfare Development Center yes, sir. at Fallon, yep. which is where the real Top Gun is, not Correct. not at NES, you know, North Island. Yeah, not in Miramar anymore. Not, yeah, <laughs> not in Miramar anymore. Um, but how many how many flights did you fly? You know, where they were filming for the for the movie. I only did a couple. We spent a uh, they were up filming in Fallon for about a week, and uh, I worked with them for about five days there and then they came back and did a reshoot and we got to go out one more time in, in the summer so it was a short amount of time but it was definitely a unique opportunity that we have some great memories for. and what was the what were the missions you were flying so we were the portion of the movie that we were doing in Fallon was like the training scenes for them getting ready for their their end mission so all of the uh, kind of low level through the desert type of things and the practicing the pop so we we'd go out there and just practice coming coming off target and pulling as many G's as we possibly could just over and over again. And it's wow. one thing to be the pilot doing that. It's another thing being stuck in the back, not at the controls doing that. And yeah. they were they were just such troopers with it. So uh, I know we were like, I'm sorry, this, this, there's nothing that's fun about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So seven and a half G's or was exactly. it nine or, you know? Seven and a half is the NATOPS limit. So right. we definitely didn't break that. Okay. But uh, trying to fly a profile, <laughs> uh, trying to fly the profile that maintain as many G's as we could for as long as possible to get the uh, the look that they wanted in the cockpit because you obviously can't fake what it looks like right. to pull that many G's. So we were just experimenting to, to get whatever they needed for the shot. So it was a lot of fun. Fantastic. Um, so you, after filming that, after being at Nautic and, and Fallon, you commanded VFA 25. Yes, sir. Fist of the Fleet, yep. right? So what, what ship were you deployed on for that? So we actually ended up uh, in what we call maintenance phase. So they had just come off of a 10-month deployment. Uh, we stayed with that air wing, with a carrier in seven, uh, until they were done with their maintenance phase. And we changed over to carrier air wing 11, who had also just come off a of deployment. So the entire time I was there, I unfortunately didn't get to deploy. They're about to go out on the TR uh, next year. Okay. Um, but what was unique is we transitioned our jets to the newest Block 3 jets, uh, so full glass cockpit. Uh, so we spent a lot of time working through the transition between our, our old aircraft and accepting the new one. So it was a unique challenge and it was definitely fun flying the new stuff for a couple of months before yeah. I had to leave. Cool. And then you went from, from that squadron, did you go directly to your new squadron? Essentially, sir, I went to uh, some schools in between, did some conferences, kind of hung out until yeah. I got uh, detailed over to 122, but short break and then right back at it. So in Lemoore, FRS, the Fleet Replacement Squadron, used to be called the RAG, Replacement Air Group, right? Uh, so how many jets do you have in your squadron? You know, what's a, what's a day in the life of the the FRS CEO like? Uh, we have around 800 people in the squadron, uh, which is interesting because it's a mix of civilian and military. We have about 300 civilians that work for us. Uh, we have about 37 jets uh, on the flight line right now. Wow. Uh, we're short a couple, working on uh, bringing some more jets uh, out to us and getting the right configuration. So that's always a always a challenge because we want all the, the jets out in the fleet yeah. doing operational stuff. So we kind of have to share with them. And you have and E's and F's? We do, sir. So okay. E's F, kind of a, a whole gamut of uh, 
different software loads and uh, different lots. So it can be kind of a challenge to, to piece all of that, that stuff together. But our instructors do a great job. The students do a great job. Um, they get to see um, the, the whole gamut of what we have to offer in the, in the F-18. And yeah, every, every day, just student missions, teaching them how to fly the Hornet. The students are all excited and yeah. uh, super motivated to, to get in the gray aircraft. And it's been a really fun game so far. Cool. So last question. Um, so 20 years since OIF. So as you mentioned, a lot of close air support, bomb dropping in, in support of troops in contact on the ground. And now, fast forward, we are in you know a period of... Uh, heightened tensions, Davidson window, this is, uh, you know, China, uh, you know, huge military buildup for the, the PLA. Uh, and so peer competition is the, that's what everyone's talking about now, is peer competition, Western Pacific. So I'm guessing that the focus of naval aviation training, particularly for the strike fighter community, has changed a lot, right? So what are you doing? What are your JOs training these days versus what you were doing 15, 20 years ago as a JO? Uh, there's obviously a lot more focus on the inner ear side of the house, and we've done drastic improvements when it comes to maritime employment. That's much more of a focus uh, than it used to be. We still train all the mission sets. When they leave the FRS, they should have at least a basic understanding of doing all of those mission sets. Um, but we're finding now, too, that when we go out to, say, like an air wing battle or a COM 2X, uh, the focus is a little less on close air support than it used to be and, and more of just uh, battle group integration. And, you know, we just don't operate solely as an air wing anymore the importance of working with our surface and subsurface guys and even integrating with the other services uh is a lot more the focus than it was when i when i started out so definitely not going to execute that mission on your own so yeah, learning right. how to integrate and work to each other and, and finding out you know what our piece of that puzzle is um, it's been fun to, to watch that transition but a lot less close air support uh than a lot more of a defensive combat air these days cool cool all right well we are out of time um here in reno day one of Tailhook. my guest has been commander uh kristen finley she uh, calls on Dragon. Yes, sir. Uh, maybe I'll get that story another time. We'll do it over a beer, sir. Okay, we'll do that one over <laughs> a beer. Uh, but uh, she is the president of the Tailhook Association and the commanding officer of VFA 122, the West Coast FRS at uh, NAS Lemoore. Uh, Dragon, great to have you, you uh, on the show. Thanks for stopping by. It was awesome talking to you, sir. All right. Well, remember, until next episode, which will be tomorrow with the Air Boss, uh, <laughs> victory begins at the Naval Institute. <laughs>